0: Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach, and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Burke. On the podcast, she is a freelance health writer in Olympia, Washington, with backgrounds in both allopathic and integrative medicine and a master's degree in nursing science. Her areas of interest include EMF protection, nutrition, energy psychology, and the integration of holistic health principles to create balance in mind, body, and spirit also known as the Shanghai Queen. She will be talking all about EMFs and their dangers and radiation, their effects on the bodies, different studies, and what we can do to protect ourselves. So a really interesting conversation because this is something that's becoming increasingly an issue uh, that we don't really talk about that much, but you guys are going to learn all about it today um, with our episode. Hey. So, Welcome, Valerie, to the podcast. I would love for you to talk a little bit about yourself first, how you got into this field, how you got interested in you know, health and all of that. Um, yeah, how did it start for you?
1: Well, it's been kind of a, a long and circuitous route. Um, so I'll do the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> I um, always have had a, a fascination with health and the human body, but also a fascination with the earth. So I ended up... Uh, I considered going to med school, but for a number of reasons, mostly financial, I decided to go into geology (laughs) initially, and I got my bachelor's in that. And I was about two thirds of the way to my master's when uh, I lived in Alaska and the whole market fell. There were just no jobs in the industry. So I switched to nursing school. And uh, I finished that in a couple years because I had most of my sciences already. And I practiced as a nurse, and then I got, I got my master's in psych nursing and did that for a number of years. But I had a lot of health problems, and they just got worse and worse. Uh, I was doing the typical Western medicine model, which was not working well for me for chronic pain and other conditions. So I started looking into alternatives, and I looked into natural medicine and got very interested in it, into herbs and all sorts of holistic approaches and functional medicine eventually. And that led me to concerns about EMFs. And um, then I found Shungite, which is, I'll be talking about later. So that's kind of the, the route I took.
0: Amazing. So I want to dive into EMFs first. So can you explain a little bit? I think most of my listeners are probably familiar with Um, EMFs, but they might not know exactly what they are, what that means. So could you explain a little bit what are EMFs?
1: Sure. Uh, EMF just stands for electromagnetic frequency. And so this is, um, we're usually talking about the man-made variety that comes from computers and cell phones and cordless phones, cell towers, Wi-Fi, you know, all of our smart appliances and wireless tech. Um, But there's two kinds of EMF ionizing and non-ionizing. So ionizing radiation is, damages tissues by heating them up. So think X-rays, cosmic rays from the sun, nuclear power plants, um, but we're, with EMFs that we're talking about with wireless technology, that's non-ionizing radiation in the radio frequency and microwave range. And this causes biological effects without raising temperatures. So these are called non-thermal effects
0: and so what are the dangers of these specifically when it comes to the ionizing and non-ionizing is there a difference in terms of potential health effects
1: well we've known for many many years that ionizing radiation uh, is you know very dangerous you can't uh, you know go to a nuclear power meltdown place without having obvious um, serious biological effects but the non-ionizing And the wireless has, you know, we've known about problems with that for many years, but the telecom industry, you know, which is a multi-trillion dollar industry, has not promoted the, you know, knowledge about these biological effects. So they say, these, you know, they can't hurt you, the effects are non-thermal, they can't, it bounces off your body kind of thing, but it really does produce some serious DNA issues and mitochondrial effects. Um, breaks apart DNA, and we've known this for decades.
0: Yeah, so there are studies that show that these things are harmful.
1: Yes, there are many studies, and going back to the 1960s and 70s.
0: And I think that it's, so we do have studies, but obviously things are changing, like we're developing new technologies, and it seems like we are sort of like the guinea pigs, so it's kind yeah. of like the herbicides, pesticides, roundup, and all of that, like, right. It's, and especially in the United States, it's more like um, until proven guilty, right? So we, it doesn't really matter until we have like the study saying like, you know, this causes cancer, whatever it is, whereas it is a little bit risky because we don't really know what the long-term effects are. So we are basically guinea pigs in this experiment with, you know, EMFs and the 5G that's coming out and everything like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit concerning, especially if we aren't, you know, 100% certain of how this affects us, even though we do have studies, but it's just going to probably get more significant. So can you talk a little bit about how our technology, technological advancements are changing and how that can also result in these kind of adverse effects? So, for instance, with the 5G concerns?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, 5G is just a continuation of, you know, it's a worsening of a, the dangers we already have from 4G and 3G, 2G, I, I suppose. Um, it builds on those technologies because we've got this massive amount of communication. People are into their devices. We all love convenience. We can't part with our cell phones. Um, it, it we're, The density of these waves around us is just getting thicker and thicker. And I mean, the telecom industry has just gotten permission to launch 20,000 5G focused satellites by the end of 2020. And basically it's just tr- going to be turning our earth into a big microwave oven. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the bad news. <laughs> the good news is it's not done yet. Um, it, it is being implemented. I mean, they have plans, but there's a lot of resistance that's forming, which is good. And people just need to gain awareness I guess many many people don't understand what the real huge risks are.
0: And so, how is this different? It's in terms of in terms of, for instance, going from the three G, two G to five G. Uh, why is it different and more dangerous?
1: So five G um, is what the what the what is needed for. Um, smart the internet of things so you think your driverless cars um you know your smart watches you know does do we really need our refrigerator to communicate with our internet you know it's convenience just because we can do it doesn't mean we should be but 5g is required for this massive amount of data to be transferred and unfortunately wireless wireless, depends on pulsed radiation, which is a whole specific type of uh, danger. And it's much more significant in its biological effects, this pulsation. And so 5G focuses on pulsed radiation in a very, very small wavelength called millimeter waves. And, And these are of particular concern to penetrating our bodies, being absorbed by anything with water in it. So that would be human flesh, animals, plants, Uh, water, bodies of water, um, think food supply. We would actually be consuming EMF as opposed to just having it hit our skin. And so this, you know, plus they will be doing towers every 250 feet or so because millimeter waves don't travel as far as the longer waves of 4G. So that means they have to put towers every 250 to 300 feet, which is every couple houses. So if this is fully implemented, there will be many cell towers on every, you know, the side of every tree, house, building, uh, globally.
0: Oh dear, that doesn't sound promising. So no, are no. some people more prone or sensitive to EMF exposure?
1: You know, some people have what, you know, the term is EMF sensitivity or EMF hypersensitivity or electrical hypersensitivity, but those are people who have pretty immediate uh, symptoms that they notice and problems when they're exposed to this radiation. They're the canaries in the coal mine. But in truth, we are all um, EMF sensitive. Even if we're not feeling it, it's doing damage on the cellular and DNA level. So I like to say, yeah, we're all EMF sensitive.
0: And so what kind of symptoms could these be?
1: Well, the most common symptoms um, people uh, have headaches, they have insomnia, Um, there are autoimmune effects. So, you know, one in six people has an autoimmune disease today, and it's very hard to trace the cause. You know, as you know, there's a a lot of different things that cause overlapping symptoms, and most people do not think of radiation as a a cause. So, it could be just about anything. But, you know, headaches and sleep problems and psychological effects, you know, mood problems, uh, reproductive effects, heart problems like arrhythmias, um, microbiome issues because bacteria are very susceptible to uh, EMF. And it will be much more so in the millimeter wave zone because that's the sizes of the bacteria and damage is related to frequency and wave size.
0: And what about testing? Is there any way to test to kind of see, are we being affected by EMFs on like a cellular level and things like that? Do you know if that exists?
1: Well, not per se. I mean, you can test your, the fields around you and in your home. You can. They have EMF meters that are uh, you know, pretty reasonably priced. You can buy them on Amazon and you can see what strength of EMFs are surrounding you. I mean, I would just assume that these are not doing good things. So it's not like testing whether you're sensitive. You can just assume that you are. Um, yeah,
0: especially if you are you know, around a lot of technology all day, or in you know, different offices where there's a lot of technology, things like that, like Central Downtown, um, it's safe to say that you are being affected.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there's a few lab tests. I mean, um, but the lab tests are, let's see. I have a note here. I was trying to remember exactly which tests. Uh, those are here, they are. Um, yeah, so things that can actually be off in your lab in your regular lab work, and it doesn't mean that it is EMS, but if you have high LDL, your insulin and A1C are elevated, uh, it can be a depressed white cell count like 5500 or lower, low thyroid, low progesterone, and in men, low testosterone, which you know, we know is a major issue right now, and high cortisol late at night, those are all. Indicators that can be associated with EMF exposure.
0: And so what about the government? Do we have safety guidelines with this?
1: Basically, no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. we really do not have um, anything, any testing for safety. And most people think when they hear, you know, the word, okay, the, these are... Uh, meets safety standards or safety guidelines of the FCC, it gives a false sense of security when there really are no, uh, there have been no testing done. So the government was actually investigating the effects of EMFs in the mid nineties and then they were defunded, the EPA was defunded. And so what they did was they adopted so-called safety standards from the industry Well, those standards were based on very outdated and completely flawed information that, you know, based on the thermal effects that I was talking about for ionizing radiation, they just said, well, it doesn't have any thermal effects, so therefore it's very, very safe. But no tests were done.
0: And so do you know what the timeline is for these towers and satellites for the 5G?
1: Well, 20,000 to go up by the end of next year, and these are by private industry.
0: And is there anything that we can do as, you know, people in our society to, you know, counteract this?
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that I have, um, so in terms of the government stuff, there, there's a, um, uh, let's see, a petition put out by parentsforsafetechnology.org And I have the link to that, but it's just www.parentsforsafetechnology.org. And this is uh, against implementation of 5G. But the other thing is you can just, you know, get the word out about the dangers of this. And I have several websites that I can give you to post to your your listeners if they want to, you know, there's a whole list of them. So too many for me to just recite to you right now. But lobby for fiber optic technology because it's so superior to wireless in many ways, it's up to 10,000 times faster, and it's more cyber secure, more private, and it can handle all the data, you know, tremendous amount of data that that it can handle. So it's not like wireless is the superior technology that we cannot live without, Um, that's just not true. And I I learned that through the summit that was on a couple weeks ago about 5G.
0: So we can survive without 5G.
1: We can survive without 5G. <laughs> we can even survive without, you know, by minimizing our wireless. You know, there's ways to use a cell phone much more safely. And we can wire our homes. We don't have to have wireless throughout our living environment.
0: So let's talk a little bit about what we can do. So I know you have dove into Shungite quite a bit. So I don't think a lot of people know what this is. I didn't know about it until I looked at your website. So can you explain what this is exactly?
1: Yes. uh, So shungite is a rock. I can't call it a mineral because it's got all kinds of minerals in it. But it's a naturally occurring rock with um, a body of science to support some of its EMF mitigating effects. And there's a great deal of science about other positive benefits of shungite that go back hundreds of years. The issue is there's only one outcrop on the whole earth and it's in Karelia, Russia, which is right on the border with Finland. And this is the oldest hydrocarbon based rock on the planet, 2 billion years old. So it's a limited amount. Um, You know, I don't know how much longer it's going to last. I've heard five years, I've heard 10 years, you know, it's hard to know, but, it's been it's been known about by the Russians and, and used by locals for centuries for all kinds of healing effects. But then the uh, EMF qualities were studied by a woman by the name of Regina Martino, and she was a bioenergetics energetics researcher. She was studying the effects of EMFs on human beings, and she discovered, she tested lots of different crystals and minerals. Shungite was one of them, and she found that. In a very predictable way, if Shungite was in the human energy field, it would expand uh, what she called the vital energy field when in the presence of EMFs. So the EMFs would shrink it, but if Shungite was near the person, it would expand. And expanded energy field was associated with lower rates of disease and higher energy.
0: And so how do we use this? How do we find it? Can anybody get their hands on this?
1: Well, if you know where to get it, (laughs) there's a lot of fakes out there because it just looks like a black rock. So I, you know, you can buy it from a lot of different suppliers. There's a lot of different Russian suppliers, but there are fakes and you know, in our global marketplace, you have to kind of know what you're looking for. Um, I have a video. One of the nice things about Shungite is it's very easy. Once you have it in your hand, you can test it for authenticity using a, a little uh, ohm meter or multimeter, which a lot of people have in their garage. And it, it's the only conductive, well, it registers in ohms, which is electrical resistance. It's the only thing that will register other than a, like a pure metal ore, which doesn't look anything like shungite. So if you have a black rock and you want to test it, it takes 10 seconds if you have one of these meters. So yeah, I I'm... I probably have the, I'm sure I have the widest variety of Shungite products in my store, but I'm not the only place you can get it.
0: And so is it like a piece of rock?
1: Well, I I have everything from pieces of rock to, <laughs> uh, to beads and jewelry. I have a lot of different jewelry items because I also am an artist by nature. And I have tried to spend a lot of creative time making things beautiful as well as functional. So I have lots of jewelry and bracelets and necklaces and things like that. And then I also bring in sculptures. Well, sculptures is kind of a uh, wrong term, but carved forms of black shungite that can be placed around your home. So things like pyramids and spheres and Merkabas, which is an eight-pointed star, you know, basic beautiful forms that you can set around and look at as well as knowing you're being protected.
0: Wow. That's a really good idea. And so would you just put this like anywhere in your home next to your electronics, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and the the nice thing about a, a necklace or a pendant or something is it goes with you wherever you go. So you can have it in your home, but pieces of Shungite have a range and the range range of effectiveness. So that depends on the size and shape.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the larger the mass of a piece of shungite, the farther its uh, effects range. So if you if you walk away from that, you, of course, you're going to be exposed. And the nice thing about having it on your person is it goes with you.
0: And I've definitely heard about some people using like crystals and things for this. Would that also be the same kind of mechanism?
1: Well, it depends on the crystal. Um, there is not much research into all of this. Um, there's a little bit more with shungite. Like black tourmaline is another one that has some research behind it and is generally believed by the crystal. I'm not a crystal expert, but the crystal experts all agree that black tourmaline is another good one.
0: Interesting. So Shanghai does have the most um, research behind it. Yes, it does. And so, other than Shanghai, what else can we do to be proactive against five G or EMFs, radiation, all of that? Um, because, for the most part, people can't just go out and live in a bubble in the middle of nowhere. So, technology right. is a real thing, and a lot of people rely on it, obviously for jobs, etc. So, how can they kind of be more proactive?
1: Well, I think you know, there's no magic bullet. So it's just like when you have a health challenge. You don't do just one thing. You do a number of things, and shungite is wonderful. I absolutely love it, um, but it's not going to be, you know, 100% protective. So what I like what Dr. Magda Havas has suggested, and she has an acronym which is RIDE R I D E, which stands for reduce exposure, support your immune system, detoxify, and the E is for emotion, meaning um, get in control of your fear, get control of your thinking, because this is scary stuff. And we know that fear and stress creates uh, health problems in itself, so we have to manage that as well.
0: And what about these kind of shields and, for instance, these um, even these earphones that are like anti-radiation earphones and things like that? Are they valid? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot about And there's more technology coming out all the time. Um, you know, there's the, the, oh, what are they called, the uh, blue, blue tube or something like that, earplugs for the mm-hmm. phone. But, I mean, whenever we use our wireless phones, we should be talking on the speaker and have them, you know, optimally th- at least three feet away because EMF exposure reduces exponentially with distance. So the farther we can ha- be away from our, our tech, the better. So always use your phone on speaker, or what? better yet, don't use it when you're at home and have a landline. Avoid cordless phones, because those base stations put out tons of radiation, even as much as a cell phone, sometimes even more. And microwave ovens wow. also. That's one of the appliances that puts out the most uh, radiation in our homes.
0: Yeah, so how do those affect – do you know a little bit about how microwaves kind of affect our food, for instance? Because I think a lot of people – Um, you know, they're eating healthy, et cetera, but then they're microwaving their food. Is this kind of like a counterproductive thing?
1: I think it is. And, you know, there is some research that talks about microwaves, how they destroy nutritional uh, aspects of food. Uh, I know it's a controversial topic. Not everybody agrees. I always am in the mindset of, okay, can I live without it? If there's a question that it might be harming me because I have plenty of health Issues uh, to deal with. If it's something I can control, then I just do it. And so I don't use my microwave except once in a while to sterilize a sponge. (laughs) I haven't even (laughs) done that lately.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. There's a lot that we can't control, but there's no point of stressing out over that, really. I mean, Uh, doing as much as we can control is really what's in our hands, right?
1: It can be overwhelming, and and we can get to a a point where everything is scary. You know, we're afraid to eat, drink, or breathe. And -hmm. that's Helping our our immune system, either.
0: What about things like algae, like chlorella, spirulina? I've heard those things can be helpful to combat, you know, the effects of radiation, or even if you're flying and things like that. Do you know a little bit about that?
1: They can. Those things can can be helpful, but you know what? The number one uh, nutritional thing for radiation it's rosemary. Ah. Oh. The herb rosemary, um, extremely protective against radiation of all kinds. Um, Magnesium is the most important mineral. You know, magnesium is so important in every way, but it really helps our cells withstand the effects of of radiation. And you should be taking it at about five milligrams per pound of body weight, which is a lot more than some people take. Um, My functional medicine physicians always told me to just keep increasing the dose until I got to the point of loose stools and then back down one notch, and that's the perfect dose. So that's an easy way to know how much you should be taking.
0: Yeah, I agree. Magnesium, I find that everybody needs to supplement because it's just deficient in so many populations, and it's depleted from our soils, and you know, our nutrition is not the same, etc. And it's just involved in everything. So yeah, 100% yeah. magnesium. It's like the miracle mineral.
1: Right, totally. And detoxing from heavy metals is helpful because heavy metals are, are so damaging in the first place and they, um, they interact with EMFs in not so positive ways. Um,
0: yeah, for sure. Heavy metals just want to be careful and seek out a good practitioner who is experienced with that because you don't want to go about it by yourself. That can definitely yeah. be dangerous. Yes.
1: And so two other agents that are good are B-propolis and cilantro are really good for dealing with radiation of all kinds, including uh, EMFs.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I love cilantro for detoxing. I've also seen it be helpful for detoxing heavy metals and toxins, chemicals. So I know a lot of people, there's kind of two camps, the ones that, you know, taste the soapiness to it and then the ones (laughs) who love it. So I'm glad I'm in the camp who loves it, but I know not everybody does, but you can always hide it in, you know, different foods or blend it up, things like that.
1: Yeah. My favorite is a a cilantro pesto that's got a whole bunch of nuts in it and olive oil. And and I was, for a while, my practitioner was having me just slather it all over everything.
0: That sounds amazing. (laughs) And I
1: don't taste the soap either, so I'm lucky.
0: Oh, perfect. We're lucky. (laughs) I think it's a genetic thing. It could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But otherwise, you can definitely cram it in something and like a pesto. Yeah. Yes. So what about other factors that EMFs can contribute to, not just like health-wise?
1: Uh, well, um, let's see. Non-health. I focus so much on health. It's hard. Can, can you be more specific?
0: So I was reading about how rampant fires can be maybe caused oh, by EMFs. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. EMFs. Are you know the, what it's going to do to the environment, especially with five G and the millimeter we, waves, uh, is pretty scary. For example, plants produce something called terpenes, which is a chemical to protect themselves, and they've have found that in the presence of EMFs, they will hyper produce these terpenes and coat their leaves and and everything with them, and they're highly flammable. So we may you know with all the emf clouds over the planet and these fires and the changing environment and drought we may be just it it could be contributing to these fires that we're seeing
0: interesting so it's definitely not just stopping at health but there's so many hypotheses that we don't really know about so again it's kind of like the guinea pig situation right
1: absolutely and insects i mean we've already we're already seeing our insects taking a big hit, Um, pesticides and insecticides, all of that, and then the climate, you know, but EMFs interfere with uh, navigational patterns for birds. And so that interferes with migration. Um, Our insects might already be affected by EMFs because those little short waves are their size. Um, The bees in particular, and interesting thing about shungite, is a group, at least one group, doing some experiments with shungite and bees, and they've been placing shungite just on the right on the outside of the hive, and they have re- co- totally reversed their colony collapse uh, in these wow. bee populations.
0: It's incredible, and that's wow. like not a lot of intervention that they have to do. No, <laughs> well, you stick a rock on the hive,
1: yeah. literally. <laughs> and the interesting thing I read a while back was that the. The populations in these hives that are uh, coming about after the addition of the shungite sometimes there's more than one queen which is just unheard of so it's fascinating mm-hmm. to me to see where this is going
0: yeah so interesting how it really affects everything and even though we think that oh you know it doesn't matter like the bees are whatever they're they're not humans they don't really affect us but yeah they are a big a big big part of the whole you know circle of life and their extinction will definitely affect human life as well. So we definitely can't just, you know, look at only how it affects humans, but right. that definitely does trickle into our quality of life too. Yes. So definitely something we need to be aware of. I will for sure link the um, different links that you were talking about in the show notes so people can kind of, you know, educate themselves a little bit more and be more proactive and, and do whatever they can. But what else um, – where else can people kind of find more information about you, what you do and about EMFs and all that we've talked about today?
1: Well, um, you can go to shungitequeen.com. That's my shungite site. It's, it's not just the store. The store is there, but there's a lot of information about EMFs and about shungite. And whenever there's a impressive study that comes about, I do a blog post about it. There is a blog attached. It's called shungify. And... I, for example, there was a study that EMFs were found to triple um, the rates of miscarriage. So I did a blog post about that. And this is particularly, um, I know you're a PCOS specialist, so, mm-hmm. um, and I know a lot of the people with this struggle with fertility in the first place. And EMFs have particular implications for, you know, reducing fertility and increasing reproductive problems. So, so that's a huge, huge thing.
0: Yeah, definitely something we don't think about when it comes to fertility. That's for sure. So I will link all of that in the show notes so we can go check it out. Thank you so much for hopping on today and discussing this fascinating topic. It was such a blast, and I know my listeners got a lot from it. So thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you, Lawrence. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved it. As usual, if you do, I always appreciate a review and rating on iTunes. If you don't know how to do it, Google it. It's really, really easy. It takes three seconds. And it really does help me reach more people and help to educate more of those people who really need to hear this kind of stuff. So it's really, really helpful. So I really appreciate your support. And if you like the episode, if you want to chat, discuss anything, definitely share on Instagram. And I will tag you, mention you, shout out. <laughs> and um I always do appreciate your support. So thank you again for tuning in and I will chat to you guys next week.